Welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. One reason why we do this webinar, and we did it last year around the holidays, is 70% of Americans actually have increased stress around the holidays because financial stress, the gifts, the running around, um, the food, the obligations, the distractions that come in. And actually, three in five Americans struggle with mental health around this time of year. And a majority, I would say 60% um, from the American Psychological Association, um, 60% have increased in anxiety and 52% in depression just from the holiday season. So um, talk about some triggers that we're going to talk about here. And that's why I brought Dr. Greg in is he will be talking about what's happening with the body. So I teach on practical habits and actions and behaviors. And where he comes in is the actual physiology that's happening to our bodies under stress. So what I wanted to go through is the four tools that I found really helpful in my burnout last year. I was um, physically recovered, but mentally I was not there. I was still struggling with social norms and pressures of the holidays. And um, Dr. Gray helped me out um, not only on the webinar last year, but just because we talk often. And I found these four really uh easy to apply. And it, it doesn't cost any money. It might just cost a little bit more time, but it will save you time later. Um, so the first one is behaviors driving your own actions. I know that sounds yucky and you don't want to hear it, but if you are in control of your actions and you're the only one in control of your actions, what are you doing to cause stress on yourself? Let me, let me show you how simple this can be. How many of you do Christmas cards, right? Um, you got to get the pictures of the kids. Uh, you got to like make it picture perfect. Then you got to format and design the cards. And then you got to spend money on the cards. And I, we have a lot of family out of town and people we don't see. So we would spend like a hundred dollars on Christmas cards, which most people throw away. And then I would have to spend a night or two mailing those out, finding addresses, messaging people on Facebook. And, um, last year I did not do Christmas cards. And do you know how many complained? Just one, just the grandma, which I text the photo of of my kids to her and she was perfectly fine so do we all love christmas cards yes it's not a bill in the mailbox but is it worth your health and happiness probably not so um what obligations are you putting on yourself based on other people's expectations so i will tell you that no one missed the christmas card and no i will not be going back to christmas cards so what type of traditions have you put in place based on other people's expectations versus maybe your purpose around the holidays that you actually enjoy do you hear my, my, my kittens? They're pretty mad at me right now. Um, two, I want you to reduce social media at this time. I know that's also difficult, but again, the social norms and expectations are not put there by you. They're put by other people and things you're seeing. So if you wake up in the morning and you're seeing all these cute family photos where everyone's in the same pajamas and all matchy matchy, you think you have to do that. Uh, if you see everyone going out, um, going to sledding hills and doing the big ski trips. Again, you think you have to do that. And if you don't do that, your life is not, it doesn't have meaning around the holidays. So you need to do it big. You see people going to Disney over the holidays and you're like, wow, I wish we could have done that. Well, not everyone has eight to 10 grand to take their family, right? So I will tell you that we stripped most of our expensive 
attractions and visitations that we did and the kids did not notice a thing like they were happy with their $20 sled and it snowed around Christmas last year so what again traditions are you establishing for you and your family and what is other people's traditions impeding on your family Dr. Greg is going to talk about this a lot we were just talking before we started the stream um, that they're homebodies they they just enjoy the holidays together which is great. So reduce social media and the influence of comparison, because if you would strip away social media and comparing yourself against others, if you and your family were the last people on earth, I guarantee you will not do the holidays the same as you're doing it right now. So reflect on that. And then also what's the historical trends to prepare for? So the last thing in the behaviors of driving your own stress is what behaviors do you do that you repeat every year? Mine was I overindulge on desserts because I'm trying to cope with stress. I um, I used to maybe drink um, just to get through talking to family members. I used to have the gifts that were homemade and crafted because I had to be the best gift giver. I wanted to make sure that they knew there's sentimental value behind this gift. Again, I'm stressing myself out. I'm staying up late nights doing these gifts. I'm running all over town for the perfect gift. And I'll tell you when I didn't do that last year, no one noticed again. I put those expectations there on my own and everyone else has so much going on during the holidays that no one noticed when I maybe just went at the baseline of what they needed. And that was it. And in a lot of them, the gifts I changed to experiences like, hey, come to Aunt Kelly's house for a sleepover party. And they thought that was so cool compared to the hundred dollar gifts I was getting them previous years. So the first um, way to cope with stress uh, through actions and habits and behaviors is the behaviors that is driving your own stress. I know that's a hard one. Look in the mirror. It's kind of ugly, but it will get easier. The second one is the ripple effect of your behaviors. Most of us that are in burnout are high performers, people pleasers, smilers. We do everything for everyone else, right? So what behaviors are you doing that you're actually causing pain on other people? What I didn't know is my ex extravagant gifts were actually causing other people pain because they didn't have time or money to do that. And so no one's gifts would measure up to Kelly's gifts. And so I was actually making them feel bad around the holidays. Um, my kids are very young. They're seeing mom run around the holidays, run around to all these parties and all stressed and, and feeling groggy and tired. Again, that's what they're going to think the holidays are about. So what is the ripple effect of your behaviors? If you're putting high expectations there, then other people think that they have to meet those expectations. If you're doing all the fancy cards, other people think that they have to send you a card. I got so many cards last year and a little part of me was like, I should probably just send them a card. And then I was like, nope. Nope, because then I'm going to continue the ripple effect. So what behaviors are you doing that's actually going to cause people pain? Um, posting on social media and boasting about your beautiful family, that's great. And, and be grateful about that. But be careful um, of the message it's sending people that don't have family, that lost family, that are depressed and, and dealing with anxiety this holiday, holiday season. They're seeing this picture-perfect um, uh, posts of your family and you're not showing any of the crap going on, right? So they think you got your stuff all together. And it's funny because last year I cut out everything that I used to do for traditions and did what we actually should be doing for traditions and things that made us happy. And someone said to me during a coaching session, Kelly, you know, you got your stuff all together. And I was like, I don't, we're just really good at hiding it. So be careful what you're posting because people think that it's abnormal to be stressed. It's abnormal to be running around, being sad during the holidays. So make sure that we're treating people the way that, you know, we want to be treated. We don't like seeing the picture perfect stuff. So we got to be careful about posting that. So the second is the ripple effect of your behaviors. Uh, the third is grounding and identity search. Ooh, 
it's ugly for us in burnout because again, we're people pleasers, high performers, doing things for other people and we're serving other people all the time. So who are we? What do we even like around the holidays? Do you even like what you do around the holidays? I I found out that I do a lot of things around the holidays because that's what was done to me as a child. And I'm trying to, to repeat those, but I don't even like doing some of those things. And like, I don't even eat gluten. I still make cookies with my kids and then I can't eat them. <laughs> so um, what do you need to change that makes you happy? What traditions do you want to start? And if you're looking for more information, there's a podcast and free blog on my website to go check out about identity search and truly where is you, where are you and your family happy? Again, this is backing away from social norms and other people's expectations and finding out really where are you grounded? Where are you the most happy? And I will tell you at the end of the day, it's not gifts, money, running around and, and these picture perfect posts. So the, the third one is uh, growing an identity search. What truly makes you happy around the holidays? Uh, the number four, which is the hardest one, is partner conversations. Um, if there's things between you and your partner, or you and your family, be proactive this holiday season. If someone drinks too much, someone doesn't help out enough, um, maybe you're running around, they're not running around. Maybe a family member really gets to you and that partner leaves you alone in the room with them during the holiday party. Have these proactive conversations before you enter the party. Maybe not in the car, like right before, like before the holiday season to say, I don't, I struggle with this. And I don't like when you drink all this and then I have to take care of all the kids or I chase the kids the whole time and you get to have all the fun. Um, how can we work, work with this? Uh, be proactive on these conversations and see how the responsibilities are kind of like evened out. And that amount of stress goes away because you're not alone anymore. And I know that you're silent because I was silent too. So, um, we need to be having those proactive conversations to move forward. So that's my four quick behaviors. I could talk about it forever because I, I've always been stressed around the holidays and it was definitely a big transformational journey for me to take hold of that. But um, I wanted to spend the rest of the time uh, having Dr. Greg have the floor. Um, Dr. Greg is the holistic doctor who healed me after seven years of misdiagnosis and a lot of money in the modern medicine industry. Um, my first appointment with Dr. Greg, I did not want to go in. I thought he was a witch doctor. Um, he's actually my upcoming book, Mending Broken Armor, a whole chapter about him, which <laughs> hopefully he enjoys. And the chapter is called <laughs> The Witch Doctors. And um, he healed me through uh, lifestyle, health, and herbals in basically seven months. Isn't that crazy? So again, the body is a healing beast. Um, I think the perfect quote, which is in my book for that chapter, talking about holistic doctors and, and the power of the body and the healing is um, one from Alice in Wonderland. So I just, uh, just to get your mind in the right mindset here, um, the quote is, it's no use going back to yesterday because I was a different person then. I cannot go back after what Dr. Greg has taught me. So without further ado, Dr. Greg, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, well, I appreciate uh, appreciate that little intro, and I'll give all the credit right back to you, though, because the the most frustrating thing for me, and we're going to talk a lot about it this morning, is we can always know the right thing to do, but you still have to go out and do it, and and you did it, and that's that's a testament to the work that you put in, and so whoever does end up listening to this. You know, if that's all you you gain from this is, you know, those four points that that you just made, Kelly, like now go do it. 
right? It's great to have this list, write it down, take notes. I was even doing the same thing. You know, you got to now apply that. And, and so what hopefully I'll be able to bring to the table this morning and sharing a little more about what actually goes in, on inside of the body during a stress response, during this season of high stress that can, can derail our, our health and, and ultimately lead us down a road we don't want to go down you know, it, it's predictable. That's the good news. Like we, we know what will happen. It's not a surprise. And so the more we can be proactive about it and understanding, Hey, when we don't do these four steps that, that Kelly just spoke about, it's not a surprise that we find ourselves in a certain position that we don't want to be in. And so I think the, uh, one of the most important concepts when it comes to stress and, and our change in our body is is that whether this stress is real like it actually happens or might happen versus the perceived stress of you know hypothetical situation is on the horizon but then it never ends up happening our body doesn't know the difference and so you know maybe we've got this you know the holiday season coming up and you're hosting thanksgiving in the next couple of weeks or you're hosting christmas whenever this um, you know, holiday season, whatever that looks like for you. You've got all these things playing in your head that may or may not actually happen. It doesn't matter at that point. It's already happening inside. You're already getting this physiological response. And I think that's so important where, you know, when Kelly you specifically mentioned that partner conversation or the identity search, the ripple effect, like be who you are when you're going into these, these you know, interactions with family and friends, et cetera, know what you're getting into because your body doesn't know the difference otherwise. And so what ends up happening internally with us, which I think is so important to understand is the stress response is meant to be normal. Like it is a normal part of our physiology, but the problem for most of us, really all of us is that it's no longer just that isolated incident it's on repeat. It's potentially never ending for some of us where instead of a, an isolated situation creates a stress response and then it turns off and we go back to normal, it turns into stress response after stress response after stress response. And it starts building and building and snowballing. And that's when we really start to see the effects of it. And so that's, that's a major point I want to get, get across. Stress is not a bad thing, but repeat unconfronted stress is a very bad thing. And there's a major difference physiologically of what ends up happening. And I want to briefly go into that. And then I'd love to certainly dialogue with you, Kelly, and see if there's any questions that we get here. But that acute short-term response, um, pretend like you're, you know, let's, let's talk hunting. It's hunting seasons right around the corner. And depending on when someone listens, it may be before or after, but for anybody that hunts, the first time you're sitting in a deer stand and you see that buck walk out in front of you, what ends up happening? Your heart is like pounding out of your chest in anticipation, right? And so in that moment, is it a good thing that our body goes through a stress response? Well, you might be laughing and saying no, because you're all nervous now that the buck's there. But regardless, when these isolated situations happen, our body's supposed to do that. It's the adrenaline response. If you're familiar with the word adrenaline, like it's that fight or flight excitement, like gets us ready to act that should happen, but life isn't meant to be 
repeatable in those moments that that's going to lead to something, the next level hormone called cortisol. And Kelly, I know you're probably in your book and in all you talk about, there's so much that goes around cortisol, but again, cortisol in and of itself isn't bad. It's normal, but cortisol left uncontrolled for too long a period of time actually starts to break our body down. For women, it, it causes cycle changes. It causes weight gain. It causes sleep disturbances. For guys, it, it causes demotivation. Um, it, it makes us you know, more apt to, to not want to do anything. For the type A's, like you're, you're discussing, a lot of the people that may be more prone to burnout, when you're no longer feeling like yourself, that drive is no longer there, you're kind of apathetic potentially with your work and your life, you know there's a chronic underlying stress issue that needs to be dealt with. And so those are the things that, you know, I think people need to be aware of. That's probably the most important step in this whole process of actually addressing anything with stress around the holidays or just in life in general, you have to be aware of it. If you're not aware of it or you're pretending like it's not a big deal, that's when you're going to get into the biggest, the worst situation you could possibly face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think throwing guys under the bus, uh, we tend to play off stress way more than women do. Women know they're stressed. They just don't always know what to do about it. And typically guys are who cause the women stress anyway. So you can blame us for that too, right, Kelly? But, um, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, guys are like, oh, I'm not really stressed out. And it's like, whatever, like, just admit it. Like, it's okay to know that you're stressed. Um, but even if you don't feel it, it, it doesn't mean your body still isn't going through a stress response that needs to be dealt with. And so, yeah, those steps that you were mentioning, people pleasing, social media, your, you know, all the the things that need to take place. There is a reason why I'm not on social media. There's a reason why, you know, we we do limit a lot of the things that we do just because we know that, man, there's there's very few roads that lead towards, you know, positive stress reduction whenever you're facing a lot of the the world's pressures that are facing all of us. So I, I, I laughed when you said Christmas cards, because guess what we haven't done for years, Christmas cards. So just those little <laughs> things that keep coming back. It's like, yes, I'm doing it. Awesome. Cool. So, but, but for all of us, yeah, maybe it's a Christmas card for others. It's, I know I need to do X, Y, Z, and I'm just not doing it. Whatever those things are, you need to actually put these things in action, because if you don't the underlying physiology is going to keep spiraling. And it's a really hard thing to correct once it gets far gone. Not that it can't be, but it's so much better to be ahead of it and proactive and really be aware and address these things before it becomes a bigger issue. Yeah. And I I can definitely um, say that uh, some of the tools that you gave yesterday about being proactive, it does make a huge difference. Like I left holiday parties last year, actually having energy and not feeling like total crud. I was very intentional with what I ate. I did indulge, but in small portions, not the big portions, because I knew I would have stomachache and I felt great. And um, it's amazing, like even just not drinking alcohol, like I could sleep and it just, I woke up the next day feeling good, like I did the previous days, instead of damaging my body in an already stressed state, because now I know what I know is that there's already organ fires going on. Don't, don't, 
push it further and add gasoline by, you know, drinking and all that not great food. So um, it it was finding that moderation. And once you know these things and, and what's going on in your body, it was a little easier to say, no, no, thank you. Or find the little techniques like I don't drink. So I'll walk around with um, like a water seltzer can with a can cuisine. Everyone just thinks I'm drinking a beer, but I'm not drinking it at all. Like it's just almost like a visual mannerism to make them feel comfortable and then no one would tease me about it so you'll you'll find your way but what dr greg is saying like if you get ahead of it you can actually have a really good time around the holidays and and we did um we got rid of the noise and it's amazing when the noise disappears how much uh, vibrancy comes back and magic to the holidays yeah you just you need a game plan like it's it's really it can be very simple and you know what what we're not saying is don't have fun for the holidays right like we're not saying that at all it's just it's got to look different than it did before if you want to have a different result and and yeah so those little strategies can go a long way and and the more you are upfront with people like let's say you're going to the holiday party and you know, before it's the alcohol and the food temptation that, you know, is a big reason why afterwards things spiral Well, going into it. Yeah. Whether it's the, the, the appearance of drinking when you're not, or, or maybe you even do allow yourself to have a drink, you know, just, just know what the limitation is and, and stick to it and have accountability. Like if you're trying to do it on your own, it's going to be much harder than having someone that is there to hold you accountable. And, you know, so yes, you know, we, we still want you to be able to enjoy the holidays. This isn't a, how do you grin and bear it through the holidays talk? This is a, how do you not add stress and, and really how do you manage your stress through the holidays is what the major point is. Yeah. And can you go over a few techniques that um, your patients have used to, to the stress is coming in, you, you tried to prevent it. It's still there. Those family members you don't want to see are still there. Those obligations are still there what can people do to, I guess, release those stress cycles? Because that's the important part is not letting them build. And, and I'm, uh, I'm a survivor of that. I had so much built up that my body organ by organ was shutting down at that point. So um, what, what can people do to start releasing those stress cycles? hundred percent. I think, and I've mentioned this before, but I'll be more direct with it. You have to just call stress out, say, say what it is. Don't deny it. Don't pretend like it doesn't exist. Just admit it's there because if we're in denial about stress, you can't do anything about it at that point. You're really at the mercy of, of what ends up happening. So, so that's so much of it because if you go into the season um, and again, we're specific holiday season, but, but really any day, if you know there's a major stressful event on the horizon or potentially stressful events, just say what it is and say, I, I need a plan going into this. And so I'll, I'll use a, a couple of simple examples to, to help with what to do. Like my favorite outlet, it's not everybody's, but my favorite outlet is exercise. And, and so I know as a stress coping mechanism that if I can get a workout in either before or after or somewhere in the vicinity of this holiday party or whatever it is, I'm going to be more guilt-free going into it. And, and I, I kind of joke, and this is a concept I teach a lot to the people that I work with, you know, everyone's so afraid of sugar and carbohydrates and it's not all bad. Like I'll be the first to like, no, I, I'm not a, you're never allowed to eat anything bad ever again in your life. But if you're going to earn it, like earn it, like 
do a workout, then go to the party. And if you have a cookie, so be it. But don't eat the cookie if you didn't earn it. And so some of these things that, you know, people are like, oh, so you mean I can actually have some freedom and liberty to, to do something that may be quote unquote bad? Um, yeah, uh, that's how I that's how I doctor. I really believe there's got to be a level of balance in our lives because if it's all or nothing, guess how many people can do that? Zero. I don't yeah. care who yeah. you are, right? <laughs> like even if it's the most extreme David Goggins, like I promise you, you know, he he shows his best side a hundred times out of a hundred, but I guarantee you there's stuff that he struggles with still. And so there, there's so much of that again, the the social extremes that can happen and and stay out of the extremes. Like there's gotta be a, a way that you can can go through the middle of it. Um, you know, another practical one, you know, I keep using the holiday party, but this can be, let's say you're hosting people. If you're in control of food, it is so much easier. You know, sometimes a lot of people are so nervous to host. We love hosting because guess what happens when you host, you control what gets put out for food. You control the environment of what happens, what activities are done, and you have a much better chance to, to keep things in our type A bubble, so to speak. And so don't fear hosting. And so if you're in that boat, think of it as an advantage to be able to, to have a little more control over the situation. But on the flip side, let's again, let's say you're, you're at the mercy of where you're going. I, I guarantee just about everywhere you go is totally okay if you bring something to share, whether it's food or, or whatever it is. So guess what? you get to bring something that you can eat. And so yep. let's say everything else is just terrible, awful, horrible. At least, you know, you're bringing something that you can eat guilt-free. And so again, there's always ways that you can, can twist a positive into a seemingly completely negative situation. Um, one of my weird favorites, and I am the worst, I am an introvert to the extreme. So when I am in a, a large group family or otherwise, you will not find me mixing and mingling. I'll usually latch on to one person I like talking to, and that's kind of what I do. Um, so not saying that's the best thing to do, but if you know there's that one person that always like corners you in conversation at a party you're going to, make a point to do it right away versus you're at a three-hour event and you're like, oh, I wonder when it's going to happen or if I can avoid it the whole time. Just like confront it right away. Just like get it over with. It sounds bad, but anyway, I don't know, hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. But again, if you know these situations or the things that are causing the stress inside of you, just go get it out of the way, so to speak, and just, just meet it head on. Because that's what we've claimed to do with our business life and work life and other situations that we kind of embrace that. So maybe in the more negative connotated conversations or environments, just meet it head on and just, just do it. So anyway, I hope that's helpful and a couple of ideas. Yeah. There for you, but. No. And I, I love the interaction because I think some of the difficult family members that, and, and friends that you have to be around, uh, around the holidays, um, yeah, if you can get it out of the way right away, then it's done. And it, it's like you peeled the bandaid because your mind's actually amping it up to be a bigger monster than what it is. It's just a person like they're not going to attack you. You are going home tonight safely. And so we amp it up to be this bigger thing than what it is. It's just a person talking. And whatever they say that might insult you says more about them than about you anyways. So um, let it let it roll off. Get it. Peel the bandaid. Get it out of the way. 
um, give, you know, the uncle hugs that you don't want to, you know, hug and, and same with the, the pre proactive conversations. Um, this year it's, it's very hectic again, and, uh, there's going to be multiple Christmases we had to travel out for. And I just told my mom, I said, you know, I'm just focusing on like myself this year and like, I'll come to our family immediate party, but that's it. And, um, I kind of set that healthy boundary. And I just said, I can't be everyone's primary happiness. Like I just told her straight out, like, I cannot be the reason why people, everyone has a great holiday anymore. And um, she just said, okay. Like I was avoiding this conversation. I didn't even have this conversation last year because I was so afraid. And she's just like, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, that's it. So we like make these giant boogeymen in our, in our head all the time. And people just want you to be happy and healthy. And if, if they don't, then like I said, it says more about them and don't let it bother you. So yeah. communication is so important because again, if, if you're upfront about it and you actually explain the why behind it, what do they have to be upset about? And even if they do, like it's our conscience is clear at that point as compared to trying to avoid or trying to hide or hoping something doesn't come up and you never actually confront it. That's when stress inside of us just boils and it becomes a really, really bad situation on, on multiple fronts. Yeah. And I actually found out when we had that conversation, she said, you know, do you know when you were growing up and we always had to travel everywhere too for parties. So we couldn't even play with the toys when we opened them up on Christmas morning. And she said, I hated that we had to jump to parties all day long. Uh, there was four little kids, you know, and of course we didn't, there was nothing magical about the holidays besides, you know, the show that they had to put on. So it was almost like we had an understanding moment where she has been there and I finally established healthy boundaries that she wished she could have done back then. Um, but again, like you're saying, like she kept it silent. She kept that stress so silent so long instead of saying, we're not going to go to three parties on Christmas day and drag my four kids around when they just want to play with their toys. Um, again, it's, you can't make everyone happy. So, so choose the people you want to be around, um, be deliberate about it. And um, the other thing I wanted to point out too is um, the gifts because the, the financial stress is the 70% of Americans that go through that this holiday. What do people actually need and, and want? I will tell you in, on, on the deathbed, it's not money and material things. Um, kids want experiences with their grandparents or their parents. Uh, like I said, my kids like love this $20 son last year. <laughs> I mean, and that was even a resale item. So um, how I approached gifts this year was completely different, a little more running around on, you know, Facebook marketplace and things like that. But I have no financial stress this year of buying thousands of dollars on Amazon. So um, what is truly important to your family? Again, proactive conversation, and maybe it's a vacation even next year. I've seen families do that. Hey, let's set a gifts. Let's let's plan our vacation on Christmas for next year and spend that money on something that matters because material things we all know will end up in the garbage, end up at the donation center and people grow out of them. So what do we truly need from each other and, and use that time wisely? Um, Gifts over time have been turned into material goods. And I'll tell you from my burnout crash and rebuilding my life that the true gifts that I'll always remember have nothing to do with money and, and materials. If you're looking for more information, he has a great episode on toxicity, which are energy drainers and kind of the damage we cause on our liver and, and what that does to your hormones under burnout stress. Um, it's a great episode. You get 
burnout introduction from me episode, and then the episode from Dr. Greg, where he breaks down all these conversions happening in your body when you're in stress and, and your organs are in dysfunction. So I hope you grab that up. I hope you talk to Dr. Greg. And if not, you're going to see some of his material in my book coming out December 16th. I know you're not lazy. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here working on self-growth. Piecing together the puzzle is half the adventure, and finding energy towards your new habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions. Check out videos on burnout tools to move from zombie mode to liveliness on my website. See you soon.